you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Pretend I'm okay. nude and, uh, and 300 pounds. David. Football. Football David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on iTunes and at DaveDamashek.NFL.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Now, I'm pleased to report I am wearing uh, a shirt and pants today. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program. Hope all's well wherever you are here in Studio 66. We're revved up and ready to go here. What a show we have lined up for you. Ryan Shazier, who has emerged as a strong candidate for the 2017 Shecky Award for our favorite football playing guest, will be joining me and Ike Taylor in just a little bit. Todd Gurley, superstar running back, and I'm going to praise him and myself, because I was in on him in the Georgia days. I said he would be the best of the generation. He's making me look good. Mercedes Lewis, Maurice Jones, Drew Old Pal from the Jags is uh, going to do a quick uh, two, three-minute interview with Eddie Spaghetti. And uh, and joining us right now to start things off the right way, the 2016 winner of the Shecky Award for our favorite football playing guest. Here he is. It's Jeff Schwartz. What's the poop, fella? Don't applaud for yourself. Give myself a pat on the back for winning that award last year. Well, it was great stuff. It was a great deed on your part. And uh, speaking of which, you're doing great stuff. SB Nation, you have a great piece up there. And I guess that's a good place for us to start. We have a lot to get to here. We have to talk about offensive line. We have to talk Halloween. But let's start with our latest uh, crisis in football, which is young guys going (laughs) out the night, not night before the game, two nights before a game. You write a piece about Deshaun Kaiser and the uh, the alleged scandal in uh, the Cleveland area for the winless Browns. How say you, Schwartz? What, what, where do you come down on this thing? It's only a scandal because the Browns are 0-7. I mean, Friday night is the night where NFL players go out. You have date night. You go out to the, the bar, go to the club, because your work really for the week should be done. You know, Monday and Tuesday, the days you might have off, you're recovering from the game. You might have charity things to do. Tuesday's family day. Tuesday's your off day normally. Some teams have moved it to Monday. And so Kaiser was out. He's 21 years old. He's a rookie quarterback. He went out. He had a couple drinks. 
And the problem with it was optics. It doesn't look good to be a starting quarterback on an 0-7 team, or they were 0-6 at the time, uh, and a guy who's struggling to be out at a bar, especially after the Johnny Manziel situation in Cleveland. So it's just bad optics. It's not a problem. Um, I actually think no one really would care in, in Cleveland or on the staff very much about it. His teammates won't care. And his issues are not mental, which is what you'd think they'd be if he was out partying all night. They're physical. He was overthrowing wide-open wide receivers. But all three quarterbacks have done that. So maybe it's a Browns problem, not a Kaiser problem. Yeah, uh, it's funny because I, uh, because I'm a dope. I guess I didn't uh, put two and two together with the Manziel factor specific to Cleveland. Maybe that uh, colors it a little bit more than it otherwise would be. But so the bottom line is, listen, I've talked to plenty of NFL players, and I'm not talking about a game in October on a winless team. I am talking about playoff games, and I'm talking about the Super Bowl. Guys, sometimes whether it's because they can't sleep or otherwise go all night there that literally I've talked to NFL football players who figured prominently in the Super Bowls who did not go to sleep the night before the game didn't we talk to Ike about this three weeks ago on the couch about how he said the Steelers had a little leeway on on curfew night because they were an older team and and and, and then they can kind of hang out and do what they wanted to right before games you know guys have have odd sleeping patterns some guys don't sleep some guys do sleep everyone's a little different and I think that's you know, it goes back to a little bit of the sports science issue and why guys sometimes are resistant to that. You know, they make guys wear sleep watches now and things like mm. that. And a lot of older guys are like, I ain't wearing a sleep watch. I'm doing my routine. And if I play well on Sunday, that's all that matters. And really, that, that is all that matters. Uh, for a lot of us, I'd say majority of NFL players, I don't care what you do off the field. You can do whatever you want as long as you come to play Sunday and you don't make me look bad. You help us win games. You don't hurt me. I don't care what you do off the field. Yeah, you know, it's a. I don't want to go too far on the Cleveland Browns. I don't uh, imagine people hang with the podcast uh, for much longer if we uh, if we do too deep a dive on the Browns. Yeah, you know, I feel like I like Deshaun Kaiser as a physical specimen out there. The my, I guess the bigger question I have is Hugh Jackson. Do you buy? Did you buy when he got hired that finally this guy is going to be the savior for all that's ailed this team for this, this franchise for the last quarter century? <laughs> I don't think he'd be the savior, but I thought he'd be able to get a quarterback in there and train him and get him better. But they're one in 22 now since he's been a head coach. I mean, how, how long can you go without winning? How long can you go with switching quarterbacks every week? Kaiser starting this week, but for how long? Will he play two quarters? Will he play quarter and a half? Will he play three quarters? You know, you can't win football games with every other quarter, a new quarterback playing. So at some point it does fall on the coaching staff and maybe – you know, Hugh did not want to draft Kaiser. Maybe he did want to draft Watson. Or two years ago, he did want to draft Wentz, and they didn't do it. And that makes it look even worse. So you have Wentz and Watson both playing well in positions where you could have drafted those guys. Instead, you take a guy, Deshaun Kaiser, whose college coach went on national radio, national TV, screamed out, he's not ready to play yet. It took him anyways to start him week one. Yeah, but that was bogus of him to do that. It wasn't it Brian well, Kelly no, shouldn't have no, done it doesn't, that. It doesn't, I think it's wrong for him to do that, but I think he's right. He just mm. spent all those years with him. I don't think he should have done that, quite honestly. That's something that you tell Hugh Jackson when they call you privately. You don't do that you know, in public. I, don't know who, I think it was maybe Coward Show. Whosoever show, you, you do it privately, um, but he said it publicly, and he believed it. That's why he said it, and it's showing right now that he wasn't ready yet. All right, let's talk about uh, about the scourge of the 2017 season and uh, and its injuries. It's crazy, oh. you know. 
I, I, it happens every year. We always talk about the Jenga theory that if you lose the wrong piece from the equation, the whole thing's going to implode. Well, there are a lot of teams that now suffer from probably their non-QB Jenga piece being out. Let me read something to you, Schwartz. Your jaw's going to drop on this one. This is grim. Listen to the roster you can put together with guys who are hurt, have been hurt for prolonged stretches this season, and, uh, and a lot of these names are guys who are out, we already know, until 2018. Aaron Rodgers. The backups are Andrew Luck, Ryan Tannehill, and uh, and Carson Palmer. You can choose who you want backing them up there. Um, your running backs, David Johnson. The backup is Dalvin Cook, and you can swap in Darren Sproles or Danny Woodhead on third down if you so please. That's it's crazy. The injury. I mean, and, and you talk about OBJ, Jenga pieces. David Julie... Johnson's a Jenga piece. Yes, I mean, he counts for what, over fifty percent of the Cardinals' production, and now he's gone. At wide receiver, Odell. Julian Edelman, Allen Robinson, Brandon Marshall doesn't even crack the lineup. Greg Olson and Tyler Eifert are your tight ends. You have uh, on the line Jason Peters, Marshall Yonda, Forrest Lamp, Joe Thomas, maybe now Ryan Khalil. You even have kickers, Seabass and Sam Martin. On the you know the defensive line with uh, with Haloti Nada and Tamba Hali and JJ uh, Watt and Sharif Floyd and Whitney Merciless is out and and uh, Malcolm Smith at line Jason Verrett Ronald Darby Eric uh, Eric Barry Malik Hooker that's a that's great that would be that would be better than any team that, in the NFL yeah, it would and I, are injuries more prevalent now or just the bigger players are getting hurt you know some of these guys are I older. Think yes. and, and you're going to have old injuries. Now, they're not, I'm not saying Joe Thomas has got an old injury, but you know, you just get injured as you get older. Does he tear his tricep at 23? Probably not. You know, Jason Peters with, with his knee, that was unfortunate. Now, that's a Jenga piece for them, too. Yeah. A lot of teams just don't have backup left tackles hanging out, especially when you're six and one. Um, he's so important to that team. So it's uh it's dire. And it's bad for the it's bad for the game when the best players are injured, especially the marketable ones like Odell, like Aaron Rodgers, like JJ Watt. Um, all right, you mentioned Jason Peters, and that really as a great – Lane Johnson, a lot of pe- people pointed to that in uh, Wensylvania the rookie year, uh, now that we're in the sophomore year of Wensylvania and company. They're flying high, but a lot of people said when Lane Johnson went out in uh, 2016, that ended uh, the Eagles' rise. Now you lose the even better tackle in Jason Peters. I don't know what they're going to do if they're going to move Lane Johnson to the left side or not, but either way um, – is is that going to scuttle this uh, this high flying season for the Eagles? It's going to be a problem. It just depends on how they solve that issue. And they've been able to run the football really well, which obviously Peters helped with. Um, and when you have two tackles like Lane Johnson and Jason Peters, you don't have to help those guys. So you're able to get tight ends out in routes, running backs out in routes. You're able to that helps open up the defense a little bit. So I think they leave Lane Johnson at right tackle because you know he's going to lock that down. And they still have to play the Cowboys. Demarcus Lawrence is over there. Still have to play the Broncos. Von Miller's over there. They still got to play the Giants. The JPP's over there. I mean, they, there's a lot of guys that he's got to face at right tackle. And just put Vitae left tackle and you scheme up protection for him. You slide left. You chip. You, you, you do a lot of things to help him over there. So then you don't weaken two positions. You just weaken one by putting Vitae left tackle. And um, I think that's what they're going to do, that they're leaning towards doing that. And that makes the most sense to me. But but no doubt about it, it's going to be 
um, a difference for the Eagles. It hurts my feelings because I picked the Eagles. Uh, I was one of the few people who said the Eagles were going to win that division, and I don't want uh, that to get undermined. I think they're still going to win. They're good enough on defense, and and Wentz can make enough plays. Look, the wide receivers this year are catching footballs, which Mm -hmm. obviously helps the offense. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt, for some reason, looks like he's in college again, the way he's running the football. Uh, And that defense can rush the passer. Now, Hicks is a big loss for them in linebacker, too. There's not Mm -hmm. a lot of depth there. So uh, they get Darby back soon, which will help them in the secondary. But their injuries are starting to pile up. I mean, they, they don't have much leeway to get a lot of any more starters hurt. Going from week seven into week eight, Jeff Schwartz, I'm not pretentious enough to weigh in on the, what is actually the best offensive line. Everybody loves to shoot their mouth off about, oh, this this guy is, oh, he's a dominant. He's the best right guard in the league. You don't know what you're talking about for the most part. You do, Schwartz. <laughs> I'm talking about people. Because as I always say to you, If I ask even NFL wide receivers in the league right now, wide receivers or cornerbacks or whatever, if they're not on the line of scrimmage, a lot of those guys don't even know what really defines a good lineman or a good line. It's basically just watching which way the line of scrimmage is moving and who's winning collectively. (laughs) But um, go ahead, put on your your expert hat and, uh, and, and let us know what are the standout offensive lines seven weeks in. Well, the Eagles are one of them, for sure, 100%. I think the Redskins were playing really well. The Redskins lost three guys at various points on Monday night. It was a disaster for both offensive lines. Uh, Dallas finally looks like they're playing really well. Um, they play the Niners now, the Packers, two straight games, and those don't aren't the best defenses. The Raiders seem to kind of get their act together against, against um, the Chiefs. Oakland's the most, I think, talented top-to-bottom offensive line as far as just the talent and the physicality they play with. They just hadn't played well. They're transitioning schemes, and they're just kind of getting used to playing a different scheme. Um, the Titans have taken a little bit of step back. You know, everyone talks about the Titans. I'll tell you what, the Rams with Whitworth now and, and Sullivan at center are legit. Um, hey. I, you know, they're not, I don't think they contend for top five, but they're definitely serviceable for golf, and, and they're playing at a level that, that allows golf to succeed. Who has – give me, uh, like, I don't know, give me one or six of the worst that you've seen. Well, we know the Giants. Is it, is that, is it, is it that easy to just say that's why the Giants aren't good this year? I, uh, the, the Giants have – here's okay, here's the best way to put this. I don't like talking about the worst. I'll explain why they're the worst or why – not the Giants, but why offensive lines are the worst. Um, it's, it's not really that all five guys are bad – uh, it's that each guy takes a turn screwing up every single play. So, you you know, one play, the left tackle screws up. The next play, the right guard screws up. The next play, the center screws up. Then, you know, then you finally have all five guys doing the right thing and the tight end messes up. And then the very next play is the left guard. And so it's the consistency that you don't have up front. That sets the good offensive lines, you know, apart from the bad ones. You know, there's there's some offensive lines. You know, Justin Pugh and, and, and Weston Richburg are good offensive linemen. They're going to be free agents, and they're going to get a lot of money this offseason. Um, DJ Fluker has put in a right guard for, for the Giants, and he's played well at right guard. So the Giants have pieces there. The problem is, like like with every other offensive line that, that doesn't play well, they have a different guy taking a turn, making a mistake every play. Why shifting uh, sports now? You're an Angelino. Why, why? First of all, what to what is owed your Giants loyalty? Why are you a San Francisco Giants fan in the World Series? This should be a big moment for you in your life. Uh, a, a young Jeff Schwartz and Mitchell went to ball games, and you sat there and you cheered for Dodger Blue and Chavez Ravine. 
Why not? What? what well, way back well, to well, childhood. First of all, th- this is a big series for me. I'm rooting very hard for the Astros. I know. So it's I weird. Hope, You're I from hope. L.A. You're a traitor to your own town. Uh, my dad grew up in the Bay Area and actually one of the cities that got hit really hard, Santa Rosa, with the wildfires. And so I grew up a Giants fan and a Niners fan. And so I went to Dodger Stadium as a kid, like every other kid in Los Angeles, um, and rooted for the Do- for the Giants, not not the Dodgers. And I love so, it. So the, you're loyal the, to the old man's once. Yeah, I didn't get a choice, though. And then my hatred for the Dodgers kept being exacerbated because all the Dodger fans, a lot of them are my friends, and they are not the best fans in the world. They were there last night. I give them credit. They showed up at 5 o'clock Pacific time. They were all in their seats. They're loud. I mean, that place gets roaring when everyone's there. It's huge. It's 56,000. It's a great uh, place. I see on Twitter. I I, I say I'm happy for Dodgers fans. I say, oh, it's good for them that they get their World Series after after three decades. And you and you shoot back with some business. I say, listen, these fans are underrated nationally. They they lead the Uh, league in uh, attendance every year. That's right. a, that's something First that you all, can't say listen, people are apathetic if they're at, they, if they lead the league in attendance. They, they lead the league in attendance because they have by far the largest ballpark. I oh, mean, it's not true. Let, by let's far say, example, the biggest. Let, let's compare it to the Giants. The Giants seat forty one thousand. The Dodgers seat fifty six. So mm. I hope the Dodgers beat the Giants in attendance. It would be bad if they didn't. So I mean, I think that yes, they show up at times. Uh, there's a lot of corporate money that buys a lot of tickets. Now, uh, look at games, that little stink. He's, he, he slides that in about the corporate money. Yeah, it doesn't well, happen anywhere, okay. anywhere but here. No, it does. No, but for <laughs> playoff, I'm telling you, for playoff games, I'm, I'm a Lakers fan, so I, I like do like some LA sports. Um, for playoff atmospheres, the Dodgers. Fans I see. Show by up, the way, your old man, Lakers so- fans show up. Kings fan. I mean, they're electric for those moments. The real test right now will be will. Fans show up to Rams games. They're five and two. I mean, the Coliseum is not the best place to watch a football game, but we'll, you know, they'll put to the test if, if you're a good team. Will fans show up? By the way, to me, the biggest game of the season, and this is not hyperbole, as it it sits now in Week Eight, it looms to me as the defining game going forward. The Los Angeles Chargers, not the Rams, the Chargers at the Patriots this week, because if the Patriots do something similar to what they just did to the Falcons after, you know, September once again, all oh, that defense isn't good, is Brady yeah. too old, and so on and so forth. Um, now they do that to the to the Super Bowl runner-up, and it all seems right. If the Chargers can't go up there playing well right now, needing a victory in their own division, if they just get whipped again by the Patriots, I think it's going to be a gut punch to, to the rest of the league, right? I mean, it's like, all right, we know the end of this story already. True or false? Right, but there's the the three best teams in the AFC, right? The Steelers, I think, are number one for thank you. You're, you're welcome, I should say. I think the Chiefs and the Patriots, right? Those are the three teams in the AFC. And I don't think the the, the Steelers and and Chiefs are scared of the Patriots. I don't think it matters what the Patriots do. I think it's a fight for home field advantage now. I don't so believe that. The Patriots, you really lose don't. The Chargers. You think the Steelers then, don't fear the don't, don't somewhere? I know no no one on the Steelers would ever concede that, and. Pro athletes have a different level of confidence than I have, but but nevertheless, they must know that the Patriots have owned them for 15 years now. But the Patriots have owned the AFC for 15 years. I mean, are, you know, the Chiefs beat the Patriots this year. Obviously, they, it was two years ago they went to New England, got smoked in the playoff game. Um, I gotta think that both teams feel good, especially if both teams or any one of those teams will have home field advantage. If, if Steelers get home field advantage. Or, or the, the Chiefs get home field advantage. I don't know how you can't feel confident beating a New England team that, you know, it's been up and down this season. They might get better, obviously, on defense as the season goes on. 
how can you not be confident playing those teams as well, a number one seed? Maybe Ryan Shazier and Javon Hargrave and those guys don't care, but I sat in Heinz Field twice this century already and watched the Patriots come in in the title game and defeat the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's why they would be nervous. That's why they wouldn't be confident. <laughs> Never mind those earlier ones. When they went up to Foxborough a few months ago, they got whipped in the big game. I'm, Chris Hogan I'm, Chris Hogan did better. Players, players don't care. You might care as a fan. Players will be confident playing the Patriots. Is that necessarily a good thing? Maybe they don't have the proper amount of fear. You know, maybe they need that. Maybe players need to be a, learn from Damashek and understand. No. You can't play with fear or mm. doubt. You won't play as fast. You won't play as physical. Uh, you have to go in being confident, especially on defense. I think you know, defensively, you have to have an edge. Offensively, you know, you we're more cerebral, let's say. So maybe we understand a little bit of the fear, but mm. we don't play that way. I don't think you can ever play fearful of anything of anybody, of any player. I've never gone into a game being fearful. I've been anxious before, um, been nervous, right? I've never been fearful of anything. Really? Yeah. So you guys, it, it is crazy. That is the thing I always point out. One big difference, aside from the superhuman physical abilities versus the rest of the world, that is the other thing. You guys, I guess, are probably imbued by, what, 15 or 20 years worth of uh, evidence that you're the best athlete in any given situation. By the time you get to the NFL, you you have a swagger about you. I don't know. I always feel like I hear a little bit too much denial about, like, <laughs> No, we're not afraid. Like, well, maybe it would suit you a little bit to respect your foe a little bit. And by the way, it's incongruous no. with the whole, oh, chip on the shoulder mentality. No one outside this locker room believes in oh, us. It's weird that, that... In that. I don't believe on chipping a shoulder thing. No, look. Why? You I worked did... for Michael Jordan and Tom Brady. Why don't you believe in it? Because um, I think that, that I don't believe in it as a whole, as for like a team. Like, I believe in it individually. But if you say the whole team is playing uh, with a chip on their shoulder, because everyone gets motivated differently. So one guy on the team might not be motivated by that phrase, chip on your shoulder. Now, other guys might. You mentioned Tom Brady. He might be motivated by that. Or he is motivated by that, I should say. Michael Jordan was. But another guy might not be. So that's more of an individual thing than a team thing. Mm. What, uh, Schwartz, let's talk a little Halloween. Um, I was thinking about this, by the way, as, as we get ready in my house for, uh, for, the big, uh, for the big holiday. Isn't it weird that Tootsie Rolls, first of all, why – I, speaking of confidence, actually, this uh, this leads nicely into this. I was looking at the Tootsie Roll, and I realized it comes in all different shapes, you know? And it always has. I know a lot now candies do the bite-sized thing and everything, but those are all Johnny-come-lately. Since I've walked the earth, Tootsie Rolls have always been in those different shapes and everything. And I was thinking, what does that say? Are they... Do they lack confidence? Does Tootsie Roll lack confidence? Like, well, we have to try to be, we have to try to please everybody. Or is it just, is it just like gross confidence bordering on arrogance that like, yep, we'll take whatever shape we want and you'll like it. I feel like they realize that there's a very like strong texture in your mouth. Mm. And so if you try to eat the, the bigger one, it, it doesn't, it just doesn't really go very well. Like the small Tootsie Rolls end up being, they're, they're easier able to digest and eat. Ah, Jeff Schwartz, you, you eat them. the baby sized ones? You don't go with the big a little, one? A little, I'm not a big candy person. So I don't, I don't, I don't eat a lot of the Halloween candy. I know it's weird, but I just, I eat a little bit here and there. Just not not a big uh, not a big candy person. Well, I as far as Tootsie Rolls go, go, I was thinking about this too. Is it properly chocolate? You know, I it's not really. It has its mm. own flavor. I feel like it's the Dr Pepper of candy. You know, <laughs> that's it's a not, great 
It's a great way to put it. You know? Yes. It's not it's not chocolate, no. I wouldn't consider it chocolate. They on it's, their it, label though, it says chocolate something or other. Well, because they have different flavors. They have vanilla flavor, they have different colors and flavors. So they have to the brown one I think is closest to chocolate. Yeah, I know. That's also a weird move. It's the same thing as Dr. Pepper did. And I don't necessarily embrace it in the abstract. If you're a Tootsie, if you're Dr. Pepper, you have your own flavor. You then can't say cherry vanilla Dr. Pepper. Like, well, now now, now you're, you're already a flavor. You can't now put other flavors onto your flavor. That's not now you've created an entirely different thing. Call it what Kurt about a- Coke doing that? Well, that's also weird. I mean, I think that's a very okay. strange move. And Tootsie Roll, so fine. So you chocked, uh, you you cornered the market on pseudo chocolate flavored tubes, you know, a candy. Now you've decided, wait a second, that's not good enough for us. We're going into the cherry and the vanilla and the lime and the lemon business, which I resent, except for. Those vanilla ones are those are the secret. Those are the secret, right? The 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 vanilla Tootsie Rolls are divine. I can't believe we spent so much time on a candy that's at the bottom of the candy food chain. Well, uh, well, where do you come down if you had the in candy? You can carve it into just two basic groups: chocolate or fruit flavor. That's pretty much uh, that's pretty much where you're going. I'm I'm not eating anything in the fruit flavor category. No. Because no, because I thing. like chocolate. If I'm going to eat it, I'm going to eat a Milky Way, Three Musketeers, a Snickers, an M and M's, Kit Kat. I'm going to eat those. I'm not going to like. I don't get the idea of, of a fruit pie as well. Like, why would you? If you're going to go all in with the sugar and the chocolate and the vanilla, why would you include fruit in that equation? You know what? You and I park our cars in the same garage on this one, Schwartz. I do not get the fruit pie. That reminds me, Pie Off 6 is coming uh, soon to the DDFP. Schwartz, if you can make your way out here, you and or Mitchell want to come on out and uh, deliver a pie. It's uh, it's going to be a hotly contested event as it is. And I always say to the – because the Blue Ribbon panel is comprised of one and one alone, and uh, that person is the one you're talking to right now. And I tell all competitors, I don't like fruit. Why would – and by the way, what's the hot – who wants their fruit hot? You know, that's like no one a, does. Ooh, hot apple pie. Like, ooh, that doesn't sound good all right, at all. Thank to me. you. I'm, I, we, we might disagree on icing, but I am a hundred percent in agreement with you on this. I don't want any, I don't want peach pie, apple pie, pumpkin yeah. pie. None of it. No, I, I mean, well, yeah, right. I'm with you. Give me a, give me a nice, uh, give me a nice flourless chocolate cake. As much chocolate as you can, as you can do. Wait, I like crust on my pie. Okay. All right. I mean, it's fine. And whipped whipped cream on top. I like it. You know what? Do you ever get the homemade whipped cream? That real? I mean, the 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 ready whip is delish. But what I don't like as much is the uh, uh, what's up? Not Miracle Whip. That's mayonnaise. The uh, what's the one that you know you scoop out? Not the Miracle Whip. Ready whip. Ready whip. Is that? Yeah. Ready whip. No. Yeah. The one that comes out of the bucket. You know, the plastic bucket. Cool Cool whip. whip. I cool. liked it as a child, but it's got too much flavor on its own. Whipped cream is just supposed to be a little, uh, you know, a little window dressing. I don't, I don't want it to dominate. Yeah. I don't want it to steal from the, from the, the, the main. And now I might go get a pie tonight. I'm super now. I'm not a big sweets person, but now I'm fired up over pies. What is the, uh, what is the fruit flavor with Halloween here? I'm going to be talking about this with several people. It's one of my favorite uh, annual questions. Which candy fruit flavor best approximates the fruit it is intended to represent oh geez 
Well, you're asked. This is a hard hitting question. This is why you get paid the big bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, I, cherry, maybe. I mean, I think cherry's pretty close. Um, but I think banana. People do a good job with banana. A, I don't, I mean, what's that, a banana candy though? No, I don't really. They, they, chocolate, chocolate covered banana is just a banana dipped in chocolate. No, they make um, banana flavored candy. And as a matter of fact, you somehow stumbled into the answer for which fruit does the worst job of a proxy. Those banana candies don't taste anything like an actual banana, but the one that's even worse than that, grape. Grape is the right answer. I like grapes. I like I've never had a grape candy before. What? What are you talking about? You never, where where have you lived? What's a grape grape candy? I mean, there are a lot of grape candies. I don't know if you get an assortment of uh, flavor, go, go, go get yourself some Skittles. There's a purple one in there. Uh, I'm not a fan of Skittles. Spree. Nerds. I mean, I mean, the list goes on and on. I've had nerds in forever. Jolly Ranchers. I mean, lollipops always are great. I don't even hit any. This is just too much fruit for me. If I'm going to go candy, I'm going chocolate. All right. What are the kids going to be for Halloween at your house? So last year, I was Mickey. My wife was Minnie. The kid was Mickey, the boy, and the girl was O'Toodles because she was little. Mm -hmm. So we asked Alex, what do you want to be this year? He said Mickey again. Now, he's been... He's been wavering, so I think I'm going to be Mickey again. He's going to be Mickey, and then the the my wife and the daughter will be Minnie. But he's kind of wavered back and forth. Um, you know, actually, sorry, last year my son was Goofy, not not Mickey. He mm. was Goofy, um, and I think he just loves Mickey. So either that, he's talked about wanting to be like a PJ Mask or something. Um, but I think we end up being Mickey. Ooh, I'd like to see that. That why doesn't why doesn't the Schwartz clan go as the three PJ Mask? people and then uh the, and then the the your little girly can be the bad guy that'd be funny be the, be the, bad, the cat lady um i i i feel like it'd be hard to find me a pj mask costume like yeah, i can maybe. do i can do mickey without we already have the parts you get the gloves black shirt red shorts you know the ears i don't have to do very much for that is pj mask uh that's the uh that's the leader right now on the tv at your home no, hundred Mickey's number one. Still, hundred uh, percent of the time, Mickey, and then Mickey and the Roadster Racers, uh, mm. Doc McStuffins, Vampirina is like a new one right now. Yeah, we're Frozen, enjoying Van- yeah, we're cars. Do- just PJ Masks actually is on the very bottom of the list. He don't really I... like it, but he wants to be a PJ Mask. Yeah, I don't love uh, PJ Masks, and it's it seems like I should have loved it, but it didn't. Uh, I didn't uh, fall in love. But yes, Vampirina has emerged for us. We still, you know, we like Cl- Curious George. You know, the, what you, channel is that on? It's uh, public uh, TV, you know, yeah, PBS. I, I, I just go to Disney Junior every time. It just we, makes it easy. Yeah, that's good. But still, you know what? The, the the number one, we try to find others. We try to mix in some other ones. But when push comes to shove, we're still Paw Patrol at the house. Paw Patrol? Yeah, we haven't done Paw Patrol in a while. Paw Patrol! Uh, I mean, yeah. Oh, right. he likes Puppy Pals, too. Oh, yeah, Puppy Pals. That's uh, the very funny uh, Harlan Williams does that, the comedian Harlan Williams. Oh, does he? Yeah, he created that show. Um, Emma VP wants us to wrap here. I wanted to ask Schwartz about um, who's the best uh, sitcom, uh, your favorite sitcom character of all time. Michael Scott. Great answer. That's a that's a good one. We 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 also have to. I started buzzing on Twitter about uh, support secondary characters and all that kind of stuff. We'll do that at a later date, Jeff Schwartz. In the meantime, you've shown everybody just now why the the, the range, 
that you have you you have the the range in terms of conversation that uh, the Pouncey brothers have in uh, in blocking you know run blocking and then getting downfield <laughs> getting 15 20 yards downfield if, if need be and that's what you do you ran 20 yards downfield on the candy with me it's the first time I ever run 20 yards downfield so I'm proud of myself <laughs> <laughs> Send this man a pie and make sure it doesn't have any fruit in it. It's the great Jeff Schwartz. What's the Twitter handle again? At Jeff Schwartz. Jeff with a G. G-E-O-F-F. Yeah, that's the Schwartz. trick. I knew there was some trick to that. SB Nation, <laughs> you can uh, read his good pages on Deshaun Kaiser and beyond. Great stuff on Twitter, too. A a legit great follow um, with the X and O stuff that you're doing there. I think fans are more and more finding an appetite for that stuff. So keep up the good work with that. Thank you. Appreciate it. There he goes. The great Jeff Schwartz, everybody. 2016 Shecky Award winner for our favorite football playing guest. From that now, let's keep the good times rolling with pro football players. Here he is, everybody, along with Ike Taylor. Here comes number 50, Ryan Shazier. Look who's joining us here in Studio 66. It's number 24, one of the icons of the last quarter century for the Steelers, and one of the current stars yeah. of the first place Pittsburgh Steelers. It's number 50, Ryan Shazier. What's happening, man? What's happening? What's happening? Hey, before we jump in, we have a lot to talk about Steelers related. Real quick, though, you're on Sunday Night Football up in Detroit. The day before that, though, Nittany Lions, Buckeyes. Who's going to win that one? Man, the Buckeyes getting W, man. It's oh no, say oh, say you know, I ain't say, say that that boy say corn, that hey. boy say corn, nice, Shay. No, he nice, he nice. Babe, if you look at the stats though, our rookie running back got more rushing yards than him on less carries. True, I get it. But is he like an impact player like Saquon is. No, no, no. I ain't going to lie. Saquon Berkeley, he's probably the best player in college football. I agree. 100%. The no, Ohio State lie. needs 50 chasing Saquon for them to have a chance this weekend. That would hey, nah, be enhance their good. No, they're going to have a chance. I mean, it wouldn't hurt having 50 no. on on the team with them. We, Pittsburgh, we need 50. So, that's way well, back. Well, yeah. The last time Pennsylvania ago. tangled with Ohio, it was on Sunday in Heinz Field, and the Steelers emerged victorious there. Maybe the biggest takeaway, the fun aspect at least, the end zone celebration, Shazier, what uh, what do you have planned when you get into the end zone? Not if, because it's a matter of time with the with the interceptions and the strip sacks and everything else. What uh, Do you have something uh, planned with all the fellas on D? Man, uh, one of the things we was thinking about is uh, – like all of us running the tunnel, then we just link up like we about to take a group picture at the club or something. <laughs> you know, all the people gonna be taking yeah. pictures. Oh, that's gonna be fire! But Shay, yeah. why y'all don't celebrate after the picks? Like just man, we we be we be having stuff, man. You know, but defensive players sometimes, man. When you get a when you get to play, sometimes it's just it's happy. You know, you don't you don't even celebrate. Bro, the way I saw you want. I saw Vaccaro. The Saints, they had a pick against Hudley, and them boys start smoking up marshmallows. Even the referee was about to get in tune. The referee had to hold himself and was like, uh, I get fine if I get in there with him. Hey, hey, you know, you know, we you know we got a bunch of uh a bunch of savages on our defense. Yeah, Sometimes our celebrations, they they may be a little too much. No so. question. 
So we just be just chilling it out. Here's what you do. Here's what you do, Shazier. I've come up with it when you said run off the field. Do the Vontez Perfect and uh, Bengals thing that they did to you guys in the wild card round with 90 seconds left. Just run off the field wagging your finger like the game's over. Remember when he did that to you? <laughs> they uh, That they was stopped, funny. They played him twice already, right? Yeah. Nah, we're no, no, one. no. They saw. I got one more? Yeah, we, we played at 830. So Ooh. we did that pick six. I'll do it. What do you think, Shazier, of uh, what Burfick did on Sunday with the kick? Man, he See, wild I'm, for that. I'm, re- I'm recreating it now. Yeah, Burfick got to stop that, bro. Hey, man, hey, come on. He wild for that, man. Hey, I'm actually surprised that Rosie was able to keep his cool because uh, – Rosie is a high – he's a high head. Yeah, he's a high head. Yeah, he is. You know, uh, for him to keep his cool like that, I really respect him for it. But, honestly, that is not part of the game of football. I know I get some uh, dirty talks and stuff like that, but – but that's not football. All my stuff been football related. Let me ask you both this. But Shazier, you were in the locker room a little more than two weeks ago when uh, when it seemed like the sky was falling to a lot of people around football America and certainly in Pittsburgh. Oh no, is Ben Roethlisberger finished? Is he ever going to be able to to play decently again? What on the defensive side? What happens in the locker room when there's all that melodrama on the other side? When it's uh, you know when it's about the offense. You guys have very quietly been under the radar and been, you know, pretty dominant in 2017. What happened in the locker room for for your unit when all that other stuff was happening? Man, you know, on defense, you just got to tie your shoes up tight and just let everything flow, man. You know, the offense always has a little bit of drama. It don't matter if you're on, on the best team in the world or the worst team in the world. The offense always going to bring more attention. So uh, we just strap up our boots. We know that uh, we got to go in there and shut everybody out and just give our offense the best chance to win. Hey, Shay, I know last year y'all caught a lot of heat on the defensive side because the offense was putting up points. This year is kind of different. Like, right. the offense really haven't been putting up the points they can put up. Defense been playing lights out. Tell me the difference between last year group and this year group on the defensive side. I'm not gonna lie, man. I, I loved all the guys we had last year, but definitely the the uh, people that they brought to our team this year definitely helped push us up a little bit. You know, with Joe and TJ and those guys. But honestly, man, I think it's just the mentality of defense. You know, everybody over here wants to be great. We feel we have playmakers at every level, so guys don't have to do extra. And then a uh, whole mentality. Every game we go in, we trying to blank somebody. We don't want them to score. But if they are going to score, you ain't getting many opportunities to get the ball and keep going. So that's why we've been three out and everybody getting turnovers and things like that. You always hear, even after a victory in pro football, the coach always says, we still have some things to clean up. What does Keith Butler think based on what we've seen from the Steelers? Because like you say, you have playmakers at every level. There are a few weaknesses that I could point to and, you know, as objectively as objective as I can be about it, what is it right now that the defense needs to do to get even better than where it is? I think the first thing that we did in the first game, uh, we have to do a better job of uh, communicating because at the first part of this game, we didn't communicate that well. And then once we talked it over and then right before half and the two-minute drill on to the rest of the game, everybody was on the same page and they weren't able to do anything. And that was the same thing with the Chiefs game. But we started uh, – our communication started lacking towards the end of the game. So uh, when we communicate on a really high level, I really can't, I don't feel like we can be beat. 
and then we just got to make sure we tackle really well. You know, sometimes we do a poor job of tackling, and we just got to do better on that. Say, oh. Shay, old head. Will Gay got him a pick. <laughs> Joe Hayden being the Pittsburgh Steelers, he got himself a pick. But let's talk about the young guy. I've been arguing with the front office, especially when I was in training camp, Mike Hilton, the little young pit bull. Talk to me about his mentality and what you see as a teammate, what Mike Hilton is bringing to the table, especially because he's not that big in size. Oh, Mike's a dog, man. Man, um, sometimes you just figure out, like, he just makes plays, and it's just crazy because you just know that he understands where he came from and he understands where he can go back to. And uh, I think that really pushed him every day and just make him work hard every day and, and make the plays he made because he's really been balling for us. And, and uh, he came in, nobody was expecting him to get that spot, and he came in and took it, and he just he just riding. Well, when you think about it, uh, it, it, as far as that goes, that's got to be meaningful to you, Shazier, and the rest of the defense because it's these high-end, high-pedigree guys all over that defense. You're a first-round draft pick. T.J. Watt is. Bud Dupree is. Two at a second-round pick. Hayward up front is a first-rounder. Mitchell's second-rounder. Hayden Mitchell's a second-rounder. Artie Burns a first-rounder. Does that uh, create a different spirit for you guys, having a guy like Mike Hilton? Oh uh, yeah, you know uh, Vince. He, he was a six-round guy. Yep. You know, Gay was a six-round guy, yep. and uh, Mike's an undrafted guy. But uh, we know that, like Coach T always say, no matter how you get here, or if you can help the team, we 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 take you with open arms. But we definitely know, like the guys with a high pedigree, uh, you guys, we got drafted here because the things that we were able to do. So when we get the opportunities, we understand we got to make that play. Because that's what we expect to do. You want to talk about depth. You got depth at the D-line. You got depth at the inside and outside linebacker position. And you have depth at the secondary position. Something which is rare in age in the NFL now due to free agency. Mm. And you, I can see it from a distance. So I, I still do talk to Coach Peasy and like, Peasy, what's up with the squad? He like, Ike. I seen this squad before. I seen this squad in 05. I seen this squad in 2003. Like, this 2017 Pittsburgh still a team on defense. It's the same squad that we had in 2005. You know, and you can just tell y'all, y'all meaning the defense is clicking right now. Y'all having fun, bro. Y'all yeah. just having fun, man. Y'all yeah. playing football, y'all letting y'all hair down. Even though I barely got hair, you ain't got no hair. Shaq, <laughs> you know, he got powder on his. But at the same time. You don't time, have to tell Shay-Z or my secrets. That's not for him to know. I, I took hey, your secret. I got some of mine, too. Jeans, I took so. some of mine, too. Oh, you're right, you're right. Okay. But, man, you could just tell, bro, y'all boys having fun. And it's exciting to watch. Yeah, we having a great time, man. You know, uh, every time somebody make a play, we all we rally to them. We understand that, like, hey, man. We, we we really feel like we need to be great to win. And that's why I think we have so much fun. We go hard every day in practice. We talk everything out. We understand what we need to be, what what other teams are good at. So if somebody get beat on a known concept or something that we know that we shouldn't lose on, we have we 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 own that dude. And so I think that makes us better because 
when they make the play that we expect them to make, right? Is it, is only fun. Well, it's interesting, Shazier, and what Ike sort of touched on there. There are a few, and a precious few, NFL teams that sort of feel like college teams, which is to say that the current players can point back at the past generations and the greatness and maintaining that standard that's been set, the Packers, the Cowboys, the Steelers being one of those. So how does it hit you with the Martavis Bryant stuff, where it seems like, at least from where I sit, that he seems dissatisfied that he's in an organization that you know that has a lot uh, has a lot of depth in terms of I- integrity you know i think you know that that uh, ike always talks about the fact that he took a little bit less money to stay with the steelers because he loved the stabili- stability of the organization i can i can speak on it and the roonies i i and tell me if i'm wrong i think more for martavis it's a lot of frustration just yeah. him him coming off a season when he was off the whole season, him trying to get back in the groove, drafting Juju. Now, you know, Juju between, you know, is is 26, 84, 7, and Juju. And mm-hmm. just from a distance, I'm like, okay, I can see the frustration. But Marte does have to be careful because at that wide receiver positions, position for the Pittsburgh Steelers, they don't mind replacing you. Well, and also the great unknown, I, I want to go somewhere. Well, 31 other teams, a lot of those are dicey situations. Anyway, Shazier, we have you. Why don't you weigh in on that? Honestly, I feel weird, Tay. I understand he's very frustrated. And, you know, uh, everybody has their own pain and everybody has their own problems. Like, uh, he wants the ball, and we have a lot of great receivers. You know what I'm saying? I want more tackles. But at the end of the day, like, sometimes I might get mad because I don't make a big play. I feel like I can get it every week. I feel like I can get a fourth fumble every week. But if we get three and outs every play, it's, it's, it's not possible. You know what I'm saying? And that's, and that's the same way when it comes to the offense. Sometimes if you have people making plays, the, the, all the plays that you expect yourself to make might not be there. And and, and that's just the tough, that's the tough part about our job, tough part about the situation. So when you get your opportunities, you got to take full advantage of them. And just keep it going because, uh, and in the, the day, this is a business. So uh, they don't want you here. You ain't gonna be here. And and we teammates, you know what I'm saying. So at the end of the day, if things might not be going the way that you like, don't come at me because it's not my fault. I'm just taking advantage of my opportunity. Hey, five and two, number one seed as we sit here seven weeks into the season. It's hard to figure out how to how one might complain about the situation. The team is riding high right now. Shazier, remember what we talked about in the offseason. I like the shirtless bit. It's intimidating before the game kicks off, but I want you to take it to another level. Play the first quarter shirtless. I don't know if they're going to let me do that. That's a fault. Well, it'd be intimidating for the foes, though. Yes. They'd be like, what? No, it would definitely be intimidating. <laughs> but, yeah, Roger, Roger's going to find me. I already got fine. I can't keep getting fine. It would be pretty legendary, though. Anyway, hey, also, uh, pass along to Coach T. I'd like to see James Conner get a couple more carries. I, I want uh, 26 to be nice and fresh in January. It's know? coming. It's coming. You know, James going to get some more carries because – it's almost like every time he touches the ball, he get like nine yards or something. Like that. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's he, coming. He's, he's a great. He's gonna be. He's a good back, man. He All right. Some Ryan Shazier, you're a treat to speak with, and uh, you are a prominent uh, nominee for the. Love uh, you, dog. Yeah, you're a great. I, I don't know too, if bro. you know Shazier. 
you're a great candidate for the uh, 2017 Shecky Award for our f- favorite football playing guest, won by Ike Taylor. Yeah, you know, I'm looking more like defensive league MVP. That would also be yeah. great. Imagine. Yeah, I appreciate that award. <laughs> I'm looking for that other one, too. <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe a Super Bowl MVP, too. We'll fill all yeah. those shelves behind you there, Shazier. In the meantime, thanks for the time. Thanks for the time, bro. No Get problem. back to your Thank fam. You. Tell, tell the boys I said what's up, Shay. Will do. All right. Yes, and uh, yes, stay healthy, man. Tell Mike Mitchell I'm sorry for our uh, confusion, too. We had, we, he and I had a little Twitter beef uh, last week. He me <laughs> right, I know I he's you. sensitive. Yeah, I know. I know he's sensitive. He's very... Well, so am I. I'm sensitive as well. <laughs> All right. All right, Shay Shay. There he goes, All 50, right. everybody. Perhaps your defensive player of the year, the way this thing's shaping up, not just for the Steelers, but for all the NFL. There he is, Ryan Shazier, everybody. Good times with 50 there, and uh, even happier times now that Juju uh, found his uh, his bicycle there. I pull back the curtain, if you couldn't tell. Obviously, we talked to him before the entire bike scandal consumed all of Allegheny County there on the banks of the Three Rivers. Anywho, moving forward now, from Ike's business to Maurice Jones-Drew, congratulations again to our pal Maurice. Make sure you check him out. I give him Ike and Colleen Wolf a ride to the airport on the upcoming uh, NFL Pick'em. You can watch that every Saturday. New airtimes, Saturday, 8 a.m., 3 p.m., and 11 p.m. Eastern. Then on Sunday, 6 a.m. Eastern. Make sure you check that out. It's uh, it's good times there. Also, we have the Sheck Report up there for you to, uh, to take a look at somewhere on digital media. Google it. You'll track it down. Anywho, Mercedes Lewis was in-house. And, uh, of course, Maurice got inducted into the Hall of Fame of UCLA um, on Friday past, and uh, Mercedes Lewis, one of his teammates, very proud of Maurice. Spaghetti, Mercedes was here. We dispatched you to the green room to catch up with him. How did you find Mercedes? Mercedes is a uh, well, strikingly huge human being, Yeah, first off. Uh, but secondly, he, I found that him and Maurice are very, very, very tight. It sounds obvi- like obvious that they would be best friends at UCLA playing the Jaguars, but they, they remind me of myself and my best friends. They constantly like throw jabs at each other. So in future episodes when we have the Q&A, you'll see a couple funny jokes that Mercedes did play on Maurice. All right, and then you and me also, uh, like I was just talking about Schwartz, you and me and some other people were uh, batting around uh, some some good uh, sitcom characters. Do you right. agree with my big three, Emma VP as well, behind the glass? Um, you're, a, you're a comedy writer. Who do you, I go the three greatest leads, male leads in sitcoms that I've watched in history, and I've watched most of them, I guess, if not all. Uh, ones that, that matter. Like I didn't consume a ton of two and a half men, so I'm going to leave that one out. But I haven't seen much uh, young Sheldon yet either, so maybe that that needs a place in this list. How? Also, I haven't seen a lot of Kevin Can Wait. Now, with forget the ones I haven't seen a lot of. I go the best characters in, in sitcom history. Homer Simpson, Sam Malone. These are the leads. And I think Charlie from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I like Larry Sanders, but I don't. I wouldn't say Larry Sanders the character ranks for me. I like Hank Kingsley from Larry Sanders better. So if we did a secondary one, is that am I about right on that uh, spaghetti, or am I not hip enough for for the young people? No, I think those are fine choices. Uh, I don't think Charlie's my favorite in Sunny. I would lean towards Dennis um, for. Hmm. Male, like Good call on that. Uh, Dennis is very funny. I, yeah. I, I do give it by a whisker to Charlie. I'll stand by that. 
And I think that show is a show where each of char- you 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 can't have that show if you're missing one of those characters. Uh, I mean, Michael Scott, like Jeff said, is a great choice. I I think Larry and Curb. Uh, hmm. It's hard to beat him. It's a good one. Uh, would you consider Costanza a lead in Seinfeld? No, I, I consider him a secondary character. He's secondary. Then he has to be the the, the greatest secondary character of all time. Then. You you don't even believe what you just said. You told me on Monday that you thought. Uh, J.B. Smoove is the funniest character. No, I said Frank Reynolds, and it's always sunny. is because he was brought in the second season. Ah. So I think that he's an, he was an addition, so in my mind, I thought he was a secondary character. That's a great subsection to the secondary character argument is people who weren't initially on the show that then joined somewhere along the way. Uh, Woody in Cheers joins uh, halfway through. Yeah, that's uh, – hmm. Anyway. Uh, what did Emma VP just say? Emma VP's weighing in. What are your What's your list there? Uh, I like Michael Scott for sure. Uh-huh. I like Ron Swanson. Um, <laughs> Ron's one of my favorite underrated characters for sure. Um, I think Homer's pretty good. I think you nailed it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and, that, and that's kind of like the show started out. The initial conceit of that show was that it was supposed to be about uh, Bart. It was more. It was the focus was much more on Bart Simpson, but then by year like three. It, becomes Homer begins to dominate and becomes the star of that. Anyway, all right, let's hear from Spaghetti here in his uh in his virgin run as a sideline reporter here on the DDFP um with uh, Mercedes Lewis. All the hard hitting questions coming at you. Thanks, Shaq. Sideline Spaghetti here with Jaguars tight end Mercedes Lewis. Mercedes, how are you? I'm doing good. What's up? All right, first question. Uh, do you lift? Do I lift? Yeah, I lift quite often. All right, good. Just checking. I thought you did. Uh, Josh Rosen, standout quarterback for UCLA. What are your thoughts on him possibly the number one quarterback prospect going to the draft? Uh, I mean, I think it's possible. He's uh, super smart, athletic. I watched him in high school too. So um, to see what he's doing in the, at the college level, I mean, it doesn't really surprise me. Okay. Well, so – Maurice Jones, your friend, said in the podcast a couple weeks ago, you would be a Hall of Fame tight end if it wasn't for the Jags' run-blocking scheme. What are your thoughts on that? I appreciate that. Uh, I mean, Maurice knows how hard I work, and uh, I think, you know, as far as, you know, the Hall of Fame and stuff, you actually need, like, targets for that. And uh, because we're such a good run running team, and I've been a part of those teams, and uh, I think they kind of take advantage of the fact that, I, you know, I block, you know, I block like I am a lineman, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it's a compliment too. So, Absolutely. You call yourself an old-school tight end. Speaking of catching the balls, though, four touchdowns this year already. What do you attribute to your hot start? I mean, I'm just doing the same things that I always do. Uh, I just think I'm getting my number called a little more than usual. And, um, you know, you put the ball in my area, I'm going to catch it. So it is what it is. Speaking of uh, MJD, he was just recently inducted into the UCLA Hall of Fame, uh, and we have word that he actually cried at the ceremony. What do you uh, What do you think of that? He, he's ridiculous. I would ha- I'd have to see like video of that. Like I don't know if I I can picture Maurice crying at the ceremony, but um, you know, obviously I was there for those years that he was there, and uh, he did some amazing things. Things that I don't think you know it, it, it takes somebody really special to do some of the things he was doing from playing running back. The punt return, kickoff return. Uh, we'd have games where he'll the first play of the game he'll take it to the house, seventy-five yards, and you just knew it was happening. Um, but that doesn't surprise me. Uh, he's had a you know a great career, so hats off to Mojo. When was the last time you cried? Then the last time I cried, 
Uh, probably when I got my, my tattoo on my leg cut in the game, and I knew I was going to have to wait for it to heal and, like, get it done over. So I didn't cry because it hurt. I cried because it looked terrible on my leg, and I knew I was going to have to get it done over. So. Oh, man, sorry to hear that one. So yeah. you're a big guy. You're, like, 6'6", six, six listed at roughly, would we'll say that. And Maurice is listed at 5'7". Is he your shortest friend? Uh, Man, you put me on the spot. I feel like I have shorter friends, uh, but he's he's top five for sure. <laughs> All right. So uh, you've played in uh, Los Angeles in college. You played Jacksonville, and you played a lot of games in London. If you had to rank those three cities, how would you rank them? L.A. is first for sure. Uh, London is solid. I'll put I'll probably put that as second, and then Jackson's third. Okay. Have you gone to the pool yet in Jacksonville Stadium? <laughs> nah. Only time we're up there is when we do like little barbecues in the summer or whatever, like to break the monotony in camp, but I don't see myself, like, getting in those pools, no. Yeah, you pipe the shower after. Yeah, uh, nah. So with those London long trips on the plane ride, what do you do to occupy yourself during that time? Uh, well, if you're smart, you'll sleep. Uh, but, I mean, people have games, play cards, whatever. If you want to drink, you drink, pass out, one of those three. That's great stuff here from Jaguars tight end Mercedes Lewis. Now back up to Studio 66. Very nice, uh, very nice work there, Spaghetti. Did you sense at any moment that Mercedes had tired of you? I kind of feel bad for all these guys that come in here and do like the round robin because he must have done, I mean, like 10 plus hits around the network. And he, by the time he got to us, he was pretty tired, but he was a good sport. We had a lot of fun together. I think uh, him liking you and Maurice uh, definitely helped me a bit. So, uh, you know, best of luck to him the rest of the way. Hot star for him as well. <laughs> I like spaghetti. Wishing him well the rest of the way. Hey, let's see. You know what? Uh, we put our heads together and uh... – Mr. Uh, Eddie Spider Spaghetti, a.k.a. Uh, we came up with a new nickname for him, uh, Latrell Spraywell, the, the what did I call him? The Cologne King of the Cubicles. Although that's still just alleged. We have not gotten to the bottom of who actually is putting Cologne on in his cubicle at work. That's weird. This is not me, and it was unfortunately brought up at show producer meetings, and I'm very upset by that. Well, well, we'll figure this one out in time. I can assure you of that. All right, let's get to uh, to the superstar running back now of the L.A. Rams riding high. Boy, that Cooper Cup drop a couple of weeks ago notwithstanding. This team, I do think, is going to the playoffs. I mean it. I think they're going to wind up. Look at the NFC standings. You tell me what how they're not going to be in that mix of six when it's all said and done, given that the North is going to have to go head-to-head with itself and, uh, and probably – cannibalize the chances of each other getting into the postseason. I think the Rams are going. All right, here he is, everybody, in year three, a uh, another breakout season for Todd Gurley. Dave. Dave. All right, this is good times. A guy who in season three is looking like he looked in season one and all the way back in Georgia. Here he is, superstar of the Los Angeles Rams. Guess what? Doing? They're going to the playoffs. It's Todd Gurley. How are you, man? I'm doing good. How you doing? Well, I'm doing well, and I'm feeling validated. And before I praise you and we get into you, I have to praise me. <laughs> because, you, listen, Todd, everybody, I don't want you to buy the jive that everybody's telling. Oh, see, I knew you were going to be great. I know. Everybody says, oh, player of the generation, running back of the, of the generation of – 
I said when you were Georgia, this is the guy. I said, this is going to be the running back of the generation, and uh, and you're making me look good. So thank you for that. Thank you, man. I appreciate the belief. Yeah. I appreciate it. Um, what? Let's start with that. Let's start with a pick here. Let's go fast action, as a matter of fact. All you're right. all over the place today. You're doing this, that, and the other. So let's go fast action. Georgia or Florida? Georgia. It's going to be – you're, you're happy with the way things are going there this season? Very happy, man. I Excited. You Those are. guys are doing great. Yeah, it is very exciting. Why – are you Todd two instead of Todd Jr.? Uh, I don't know. That's you don't know that, that you didn't. You weren't uh, consulted on this decision. Yeah, not really. No, people always try to like. Why do you just put under Junior? I'm like, it says the second on my my birth certificate, so I just let people just. So you say like, I'm okay. a junior. I just, yeah. So you're you're easy peasy. Yeah, I just don't want to have a whole fussing conversation about it. So I just you know let people win. Is Sean McVay the most handsome coach in the NFL? Yeah, besides Wade Phillips. Oh, Wade's number one. <laughs> I didn't see that. What a di- what, how big a difference has he made? I know that uh, McVay and what he's done with the offense, but what kind of difference has uh, Wade made in that locker room? Um, a big difference. Obviously, obviously he's a you know great coach, has a lot of experiences in, in his league. Won a Super Bowl a couple of years ago with Denver. So um, the defense guys love him, man. They love him over there. Um, makes everybody's job easier. and you know, AD can just run around and make plays like he always do. Well, you mentioned AD, and I talk a lot about the Jenga piece, the Jenga theory. In the NFL, unfortunately, players are going to get hurt. The yeah. problem is if you lose the wrong piece, the whole thing can implode. Is Aaron Donald that of the Rams' defense? Is he the most important piece in all the NFL if we remove the quarterbacks from the conversation? Um, You can he's, say he's, you're he's, more important if you want. I mean, most definitely. No, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, nah, he, he's a special player, man. Um, you can't replace a guy like that. You know, obviously, you know, when he was, wasn't there at the facility, you kind of missed him, you know, just being there because he can, he can wreck a game by himself. He's, he's definitely um, one of the best players in this league, if not the best player, and definitely the best player on our team for sure. Boy, so distinctive too. Small. Like you're about the same size as Aaron man, Donald is, crazy. but he's in the backfield every play. And if you've seen him in person, you like that's the best player in the NFL, and, and he's just – he's a powerful dude, um, so quick, fast. He's just always back in the backfield, man. I know you like talking about the Rams and the success so far this season and everything, but for some reason I'm, I, I have Old Spice in my brain. What's your favorite smell? Who's the best-smelling guy on the team? Answer that. The best-smelling guy? Is it you? That's yeah, a good answer. Because then you can say, can you wear this? Because I wear Old Spice, man. The official smell of the NFL. You're going to find it in all 32 teams. You got the new Invincible spray. Put on my, my, my swagger scent this morning, so I'm feeling good. I'm smelling good. You do smell delicious. And uh, one more thing. What about the uniforms? What are we going to do here? You asked me. I don't know. I'm trying to figure that out myself, man. It's weird. Do you guys say in the locker room, like, I don't know about this gold <laughs> with the blue and the white. It's yeah, very strange. Yeah, you're definitely like, man, what are we doing? But I guess they won't let us change the jerseys until, like, 19, so – you know, you're doing what you're doing. I think Rams yeah, exactly. fans will put up with it so long as uh, you keep on yeah, rolling. Yeah, as long as we win it, man, you can you can wear whatever you want. Hey, this guy dynamite so far this season. I suspect that this role will continue. It's Todd Gurley, everybody. Dave Damashek. All right, that's that. Good times with Gurley. Good times with all the fellas. Thanks to Mercedes Lewis. Thanks to uh, Ryan Shazier. Thanks to Jeff Schwartz. Good times. We'll keep it with you already tomorrow. 
Sorry for the delay on the podcast, but we wanted to line everything up with Shazier and Gurley and Mercedes Lewis and everything else. Gangbuster show, another one coming at you with Matt Money Smith and hopefully Cindy Freeland if she's back to good health. But she's, I, I, sorry, I had to explain she's not in good health there, Emma VP. So we'll see who we have in Studio 66 for you on the Thursday show. In the meantime, well, now I just have to sit here until the music plays itself out. So just sit here. Cynthia Freeland isn't too well. She feels sick. Okay, so we'll do the show tomorrow, and we'll make all our week eight picks. Till then, it's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.